Welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. One is a Harvard Business School alum. The other is her son, discussing business, pop culture, family, and everything in between. Now, here are your hosts, Deb and Kev. Hey, hi, hello, and welcome to the Deb and Kev podcast. Across from me is the woman who thinks pie is just boring. It's my mom, Deb. I'm Deb. And I'm the guy who loves cake. Not that kind of cake, the other kind of cake. Cake, cake, cake. I'm her son, Kev, <laughs> and this is our podcast. Shout out, bad girl, Riri. Deb? Yes. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm a survivor. I'm not going to give up. I'm not going to stop. I'm going to work harder. I'm a survivor. You are alive, and you are COVID-free, apparently. COVID-free, apparently. Do you know what it, do you know the street term? I mean, I could say use it in the sentence right here, but I won't. Coronacopia? Coronacopia. No, do you know the street term throwing bars? Throwing bars. Yes. I'm throwing bars. She's throwing bars. We're throwing throwing bars. bars. He's throwing bars. We're throwing bars. The whole world right now seems to be throwing bars. I, I don't know. It means a positive COVID test. Is that true? Yeah. Wow. That's kind of fun, right? That is kind of fun. It makes bars. testing positive somewhat cool. You're not throwing bars. You're oh. not throwing bars at all. You're not throwing any bars. Because I'm negative. Right. Oh, oh, oh. I thought it was you were you're, throwing positive bars. No, no. You're throwing bars, meaning you got the two stripes <laughs> on the co- positive COVID test. You're throwing okay. bars. It just takes one extra stripe to throw bars. Much to my chagrin. Having lived with you the entirety of my quarantine, you haven't thrown any bars. I know. That's wild. It's it I'm I'm excited now because I can go back out into the real world, which I did today in the form of going to the gym. I'm more disappointed that my immune system is weaker than my <laughs> year old parents who have lived with me for 10 days, who both are like, ah, no, we're good. One of which is going through cancer treatment. He's like, nah, I'm good I'm too. Fine too. Meanwhile, the, the supposedly healthy 37 year old who's double vaxxed and boosted to out here just catching viruses left and right. Well, we are double vaxxed and boosted, but, uh, Daddy's oncologist at Stanford, because uh, he told her, you know, you had COVID. Uh, there might have been a layer of shame on it, right? Yeah, my my weak, weak son, who I am fairly disappointed at, is currently dealing with COVID. What he said was that I have a super cool son. He's throwing bars. Yeah. <laughs> That's what he said. <laughs> I promise you, none of those words came out of his mouth. But what she said is, you know. Even after he tests negative, I kind of want you to stay away from him. And he said, you know, deal. <laughs> she, said, <laughs> she said, because he could still have something. Now, I went in this morning and I said, Kev's negative. He couldn't get out of that room fast. Yeah, dead sprint. <laughs> it was like a, it was like the Wiley Coyote poof yeah. of smoke. Oh, the Wiley Coyote has been in and out of the kitchen. The road runner. Yeah, in and out of the kitchen, in and out of the garage. The other thing was, he, he asked me, I told you this the other day. He said, you know, he wants to drive. Well, so I was going to say, there is a hotly contested argument (laughs) happening in this house right now, which is, does Gary Zener ever get to drive again? And currently, Deb and Kev are (laughs) firmly in the camp of, hell no. And he's in the camp of, let me freaking drive. Yeah. So, I mean, he may drive again, but he's not driving now. No. And uh, he just, you know, it's like, 
I can picture myself like running and jumping and frolicking and dancing and doing twirly twos. I watch you do that every day. <laughs> and that's all in my mind, sure. right? Just like driving right now is in his mind. He doesn't get it, that he's not strong. I mean, physically not strong. His brain isn't quite right yet. His reaction, very slow reaction to things and he has to think things through his cognitive thinking is a little, mm -mm. so no, he can't drive right now. I mean, it, and I said to him, like, he can't walk a full block. So what, I mean, he probably would have a phone, but what would happen if the car broke down? Here's the thing. If he actually had his wits, he would say, you're right, Deb, I don't have to walk a full block. I could drive 30 of them. <laughs> so right now we said no, but this is like good luck to anybody that has to tell somebody they can't drive for a while. It is awful. And just so nobody thinks we're just being mean just to be mean, we live with the guy 24-7. If, if we thought he was capable and competent to drive, we would let him drive. Oh my gosh, I have so many errands for him to do, seriously. And it's not that we want to like wash our hands of his everyday schedule because yes, it would make it easier to not have to take him to appointments and to pick him up and to have to go get his medication. If he was capable of doing all of that stuff, totally fine. But there's two parts to this puzzle. There's the, can he safely be behind the wheel of a vehicle, which you and I say no. But the other thing is where he goes can he function within the space where he goes? And the, the the answer to that too is no, because he honestly can't stay on his feet for longer than no. a minute or two at the yeah. time. Yeah. So then the question we ask him, which there has never been a real answer, where do you need to go? Well, I think he is like a 16-year-old boy that just got his driver's license. He just wants to drive. Yeah. He just wants to feel the air in it. The air in his hair, he doesn't have any hair, but you know, True. the air in his hair, you know, the gentle breezes, listen to the music on the radio, whatever. He just, he wants freedom. That's what it signifies right now is freedom. I, I And I get that. And I think, like I said, both you and I are so utterly willing to give that to him, but like not right now. The people on, at the, you people out there on the streets, you don't want us to let him drive right now. Out in the streets. Yeah. Throwing bars. Throwing bars in the streets. <laughs> so anyway, so he did, he was pretty funny. I won't say the real word. It was, he looked at me and he goes, that's BS. That is BS is what he and said. I looked at him and I said, you know, okay, it can be. He goes, yeah. BS. And I said, okay, got it. And he goes, no, it's really BS. It can remain BS as long as you're still alive <laughs> and everybody else on the roadways is still alive. Yeah. I'm happy for it to be. Yes. Let me tell you one of the side benefits of being double vax boosted and now having had COVID. I feel like Superman. I don't physically feel like Superman, but I feel like people could shoot me with a gun and it would just bink, bounce right off of me. Like I am not remotely scared about operating in the world for maybe the first time in two years. Not that of I've been course. scared, but worried, right. not remotely worried. No, I mean, I think you've got it. In fact, I saw this funny thing on Instagram the other day where this girl goes, ah, I've got COVID. And then she goes, Delta. I don't want to have Delta. No. I mean, and nobody, right? I mean, like what we want, we don't want to get Delta because people really got sick from that. Yeah, Delta was the was the worst version. You needed the uh, the upgrade, which was an actual downgrade. Exactly. So I get the whole Omicron. I'm a little sniffly, don't feel really great. But if I'm vaxxed and boosted, I manage it pretty well. And then just another layer, you know, of protection there. But sadly, 
I'm not throwing bars, you know? You're not throwing bars, but then some would make the argument your immune system's good enough to where it doesn't even welcome in the virus itself. It's saying, hey, virus, not today. Not today. My immune system's stronger than you, unlike my weak genetic son. Yeah, my weak, genetic, pitiful, can't lift weights anymore, weenie kid. I went to the gym today and I tried to alpha everybody. That was not a smart idea. <laughs> that, when you, when you, I realized I haven't even worked out like but once in the, in this new year. So going to the gym and trying to literally flex on everybody, bad move mm, post COVID. Yeah, Just yeah, maybe, yeah. maybe step into it as opposed to a dead sprint. Did you get a little lightheaded? Uh, I, I know I'm just going to be crazy sore tomorrow, mm, which is okay. a good thing because yeah. it lets me know my body needed that, but it's a bad thing because I just clearly got over an illness. Well, another thing too, and this is maybe not, um, a lot of places wouldn't appreciate this, but your gym is at a much higher altitude than your home. That's true, Deb. I try to work out in mm-hmm. the most difficult of circumstances. Mm-hmm. That is a promise I made to myself to constantly try to be the best. Don't, Anybody remember the fact that I work out with majority geriatrics? I try mm-hmm. to be the best version of myself by working out at altitude in a city that's at altitude. So, I mean, you might be working out at, I'm going to say 5,500 I was going to say at least 15,000 feet. <laughs> or that. Yeah, I oftentimes wear an oxygen tank. So is this your first day back to the new, improved, renovated gym? That's a great question, Deb. It's not. It's technically the second day back. But if for all of those who are in no way clamoring for a brief rundown of what the the gym did, they tore down the workout room where they were supposed to have, you know, group classes. Mm. Clearly, COVID helped alter that. Right. And they extended the weight area. And so when you walk in there, your first thought is, oh, wow, it's bigger. And then you think, oh, is this it? Because they didn't really uh, add much. They just spread everything out, which again, I appreciate the fact that we're not on top of each other and there's some space. But at the same time, it's like, well, this was closed for like six weeks and this is all did. you did. Again, aesthetically, awesome. Love the fact that people literally aren't breathing down each other's necks. Um, but I thought there was going to be a little bit more. I thought the weight was going to be worth Yeah, and it just really wasn't. I mean, but I guess if you're renovating a gym, you got a lot of stuff to move. True. You should be very physically fit after renovating a gym. So, hey, let me ask you a question. And I thought about this on the Monday's episode. I just didn't have an actual conclusion to it. But we haven't talked about this on the podcast, but I I wanted kind of a a finale to it. And so do you remember the CEO of Better.com, Vishal Garg? Do you remember him back? He made headline news in December. What did he do? Remind me. He laid off 900 employees who were all on one Zoom call. Oh, right. And he did it in the most like disrespectful, like, I mean, his quote was, if you're on this call, you are part of the unlucky group that is being laid off. Your employment here is terminated effective immediately. He said that to 900 people. Like how many think like middle fingers flipped up? How many people yelled into the thing? Like, what do you think? I mean, you know, the... The uh, person that's controlling the Zoom or whatever can mute everybody. But I mean, like there had to be some great reactions, right? Well, I imagine 900 people, you get a a groundswell of of responses, right? I'm sure there's a lot of tears. I'm sure there's a lot of anger. I'm sure there are some middle fingers depending on, you know, your own personality. 
But the thing that happened shortly thereafter was he he got absolutely murdered online, right? right? right. Like, you know, complete derelict of duty, had no idea how to handle the situation. I mean, we're in the middle of a pandemic. People, you know, are looking and clamoring for jobs still. And he's just like, hey, 9% of my workforce buy in the in, in the course of a minute long Zoom. So like all tech entrepreneurs and CEOs, he gave himself a sabbatical, right? He needed to oh, remove yeah. himself. Um, and I believe he said, uh, oh. He went to some kind of personality rehab place. He needs to reflect on his leadership, reconnect with the values that make better great and work closely with an executive coach. Did he call you? He did not call me. Well, that was his first mistake, Vishal. Yeah. So now he's officially coming back. And here's what mm. I love. He's coming back now. And in his absence, better.com hired a third party legal team to look into the culture of better.com to see how they could do better. Thank you. And I, I am so tired and I have no vested interest in better.com. I have no vested interest in, in growing to the, to the lengths of better.com. But can we not all agree that nobody who hears we hired an outside party to help better ourselves? Nobody thinks of that as like, okay, they, they, they're finally figuring it out. But wait a minute. Here's what I have to say. Way back when, when they decided to name themselves better.com, better .com, didn't anybody think like that is a high bar? Like, we need to do it right. Like, these values he needs to reconnect with, if they were ever laid out, they probably came from him. I mean, if you don't know your own company's values and you're the CEO or founder, right. that's kind of a problem. You're right? asking somebody else who's in no way affiliated with your brand to come in and tell you about your culture because you're so far removed from it, you have no understanding. You thought firing 900 people in a essentially a group text right. was the best thing to do. So I'm sitting here and I don't think I'm smarter than anybody. I just think I'm attuned to what's happening in the world. That guy's never going to get it. I don't care. Oh, no. I don't care how many no. ashrams he went to or how many clinics he sit, he sat in or how many executive coaches he's, he's bought time from you inherently don't understand brand culture. And you certainly have lost all touch points with the people below you. Oh, 100%. I mean, because I can't, I mean, for sure, for sure he ran this by at least one other person. I would, I would I hope mean, so. The person who had to set up the Zoom call. Well, HR. I mean, the P, HR is going to now be hit with 900 severance packages, yeah. right? I mean, like, I don't know, uh, a COO, a corporate VP. I mean, Hopefully, and hopefully, one of them had the, I'm going to say, cojones to tell him the truth, that that might not be the best idea, received the best way. We need to think of PR for the company as well. I've got to believe if he didn't have anybody that would tell him the truth, then welcome to the legal party that's come in to look at the values of better.com, right? I mean, right. we should be welcoming them. And for the people that did tell him the truth, what is wrong with him that he couldn't that he couldn't hear it from his trusted staff, right? Totally. It, it is it is I can't fathom that even a company like better.com which apparently has a 6.9 billion dollar valuation on it that that he hasn't surrounded himself. I'm not I mean, listen, 
I love being told I'm right too. We all do. But with enough discerning opinions to say, hey, you're right. This makes sense because a lot of these people, in his own words, are stealing from the company because we know that they're not working 40 hours a week. The marketplace tells us that they're not doing it. But everything, especially in the tech space, is about optics, mm-hmm. Optic, optics, yep. optics, optics. And how we control the narrative of this story is going to decide whether or not this becomes a thing or not. And everybody was just like, yeah, just fire them all at once. Take less than three minutes to do it. I think that's the best thing that to possibly do. That is such a do. good idea. Don't, and then hang up. Don't yeah, and them, then just go. Yeah, just end the meeting immediately, Yeah, right? Make sure that they're all muted so you don't have to hear their howls, screams, and cries when it happens, right? I mean, like, come on. So so now he's coming Wait back. Wait a minute, what does better.com do? That's a really good question. The company ranked number one on LinkedIn's top startup list in 2021 and 2022. The SoftBank-backed mortgage lender has been trying to go public although it has delayed those plans because of the fallout from Garge's handling of the layoffs. Mm. So that's what they do. They do uh, soft bank backed mortgage. Okay. You, you're pretty familiar with soft bank backed mortgage. Deb. Tell us Versus about that. Versus hard bank backed mortgage. Right. Yeah. yeah. So that's well, what they do. I think do. you have it in front of you, so you could explain no, it. No, uh, that's yeah. pretty much the extent of my knowledge of soft bank backed yeah. mortgage. I know better.com is in that space. I would speak to it, but I honestly am not that familiar with better.com and I don't want to I don't want to misrepresent what they do. Here's here's this is actually a segment I think I want to bring to the Monday episode. Okay. I want you to do a PR spin zone. So so we have the fallout from Vishal, right? Mm-hmm. He goes mm-hmm. in with his blue vest just looking all things Palo Alto. And he says what he says, Mm -hmm. 900 people are canned. And then he sits there being like, Hey, good job, everybody. And then the internet says, hold my beer, watch me rip you apart. Right. Knowing what he, what we know now, how would you have handled the fallout if uh, Vishal called you and said, Deb, I need your expert executive coaching experience. Well, I think it was probably instantaneous that the internet dumped on him. I mean, more than likely. And um, if I would have gotten that phone call, I would have said, Vishal is dead. I mean, I meaning dead to us for a while. Like, he should not be seen or heard, shut down all accounts immediately, and hide his body for a second yeah. until I get there. And then I would say, you know, Vishal, I'm sorry that you are socially inept. We are going to take you to rehab. We are going to fix this. But this is what we're going to say. We're going to say that this was such an emotional issue for you, that you intended for this to be a personal moment. But once you got there in front of the Zoom and saw all of those beautiful faces, you completely, I mean, you went blank. You lost it. Your mind went blank. You actually don't even know what came out of your mouth. Thank God you recorded it. And you were so distraught with the level of misery that you were bringing to these people that you stepped all over it. This is your fault. You feel terrible. You're putting yourself in time out. You're going to go and figure this out and learn how to deliver a very crucial conversation in a much better way because you feel so guilty about the harm you might have done 
to these sweet personalities you just let go. Now, nobody would, a lawyer would be right behind me, not letting him say that, because in my case, I wanted him to really, I kind of wanted to spin it so it wasn't his fault, but I wanted him to take responsibility for the damage he did, and a lawyer in today's world wouldn't allow that. Sure. So, so that's the super sad part. Well, yeah, but so now you have to spin zone it, knowing that you have the legal team on one shoulder yep. and Vishal's public image on the other shoulder, yep. you have to be able to bridge the gap. So clearly we're removing him from the fray for a while, even though it's only been like six weeks and we're telling him to go full-blown Walt Disney, put him on ice. Yep. In the meantime, you have essentially six weeks to work with to try to better the overall brand awareness of Better.com. So what can't happen is this unknown, benign, legal, whatever team that's coming in to look at the values. I think very quickly, we need to get a genuinely humble person who has a good vernacular for this kinds of thing, who can step in the fray. We need somebody to believe in for better.com. Now, at that point, we can forget about him a little bit. And because we need to forget about him a little bit and what he's done, he can go away. But I suspect he never gets to really come back. He'll try. I mean, he's the CEO of the company. He is going to try to supplant himself back in the middle of it. But I suspect this is one of these things where he is going to have a really hard time because now what's going to come forward is everybody telling us what a terrible place it was to work, how toxic it was, all of that. So when he's when in his letter, which he wrote that came out Tuesday, he said, I understand how hard these past few weeks have been. I am deeply sorry for the angst, distraction, and embarrassment my actions have caused. I've spent a lot of time thinking about where we are as a company and the type of leadership better needs and the leader I want to be. Okay, so he did a little bit of what I would have spun, right? He, he apologized for their emotions, which is the best you're going to get out of he a, a tech CEO. Did he say for the angst he had caused? The angst, distraction, and embarrassment his actions caused. So he did take responsibility. That's taking responsibility. But break it down. He's not apologizing to any of the people he fired. No, he's, he's apologizing not. to the employees who still remain. Ah, uh, okay. And then, uh, I mean, here's the thing. I think you saw it with, I mean, was it Uber? I mean, there's been a couple, there's been a big gaming place that just went through all this where the, where they were very, very toxic workplaces and then, you know, really misogynist women and all that. And then they came back. Their leadership was terrible. Their leadership handled every adversity in the, the exact wrong way. They tried to come back. They don't really last very long because the truth of the matter is, it remains to be seen whether these personalities can actually change. Well, I mean, if it was me and I stepped in it as badly as I did, even if I had a monster ego, my monster ego is pretty much tied to the valuation of my company, right? Being a billionaire. So if somebody looks at me and says, do you like the world that you live in? Do you like the life that you've curated for yourself? Here's the element that we have to remove from the public. It's you. Yeah. So you get to still do all the things you want to do. And behind right. closed doors, you can take all of these meetings. But as far as the public is concerned... Vishal no longer exists as Better.com spokesperson. You're still the CEO, but you're not the spokesperson. But the problem with all of that is that in so many cases, their ego is tied to that. I agree. The power of it all. You know, I mean, that's the part that really, I think, I mean, I think that's the part they're addicted to more than anything. When I think of power, I think of soft bank mortgage companies. I do too. And and I honestly, I do think of like, if we could do something, let's do it better. Dot com. (laughs) 
I, the only reason I wanted to talk about that, because I, I thought about bringing it up on Monday and I thought, well, there's, this hasn't come to a, a, a conclusion, the conclusion being him eventually coming back. And like manna from heaven, it, uh, CNN was like, hey, Kev, here's some content for your podcast. He's back. So Vishal really like he's back to work this week. It appears so. So, I mean, I don't know. You know, I feel like, I mean, maybe not, but I feel, I mean, what I'm going to say is wrong. I know it. I, I was going to say that what I feel like when, whether it's an actor, whether it's a politician, whether it's a dot-com startup guy that's super successful, uh, men or women, I feel like when they do a really bad job of something, whatever it is, and then they go through themselves in some kind of rehabilitation program, and then they go talk it out with whoever it is they're supposed to talk it out. I feel like as the general public, we see through all that. Well, I, I know I do, I mean, but, but I does, also I care. But it doesn't seem like enough people see through all of it because sometimes those people stay in office. Sometimes those people get reelected. Sometimes those people are back in the movies making gazillions of dollars. It just, I don't know what it takes. Is it, is this, am I using this right? To really truly cancel somebody? Is that right? Or is that wrong? Well, I mean, to cancel someone would to be to remove them from all elements of life, essentially. Not killing them, but saying everything that you were afforded prior to your statement, you no longer have access to. You probably don't have your job. You probably don't have your friends. And 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 the the, the public life that you once had is no longer available to you anymore, as, as deemed by society. I mean, it's really- Or a select few of- Twitter handles. I know. I mean, like, who have we seen that genuinely happen to? I mean, Matt Lauer. Yeah, but Matt Lauer still has all of his money. Well, you don't get to take their money because they say something stupid, but so you get to take think, all their power. Do you think Matt Lauer doesn't have a social life at all? Oh, think? I'm sure there are still people in Matt Lauer's immediate vicinity who hang out with him, but I think those were the people who probably never cared if he was a good person or not. They got to go on his boat or go to his Hamptons house. I mean, Louis yeah. C.K. is the same thing. Louis C.K. tried to come back. And the entire audience, who paid money to see him, said, nah, and just booed him off stage. Um, obviously, Harvey Weinstein. Didn't, well, it yeah, didn't work out for Harvey. Prison doesn't let you uh, yeah. you know, function in the real world too much. And Jeffrey Epstein opted out. Um, somebody opted Jeffrey Epstein out. Yeah, that, we, that is true. Hashtag Epstein that. didn't kill himself. <laughs> No, we believe the hashtag. Oh, yeah. Epstein didn't In kill no way did he kill sure. himself. And what is his, Ghislaine, what is her, her name? Ghislaine Maxwell? Is yeah. it Ghislaine? Ghislaine? I don't know. I don't Ghislaine. Know. Ghislaine works for me. Like, I think she's going to end up in jail until. Going to die in jail. Yeah. Gah, <laughs> <laughs> Maxwell going to die in yeah, jail. Yeah, exactly. Um. So, but it does seem like we let a lot of them off the hook. That's for sure. It's true. And sometimes we call him president. Moving forward, <laughs> I started the, the episode by saying, Deb's not a big pie person and I love mm. cake. And the impetus of this podcast episode is going to be some questions that we pose to one another. But the first one I asked you last night, it was a boring night of television. We didn't oh. have much to watch. And so I turned on uh, a cooking show and they were in the, in the dessert portion of Chopped, I think it was. And I said, Deb, what is your favorite dessert? The thing that you know you could eat on day one. And what we agreed on is that all things ice cream, we could eat. There is oh, really yeah. not a bad ice cream for us. And we agreed that we also love 
Froyo, but for us, Froyo is pretty much a conduit for all the toppings and sauces that you put on it. So then we started talking about pies and cakes, and give me your take on pies and cakes. So as a rule, like if you say, hey, do you want some pie? The answer would be no, for me. Agreed. As a rule. As a rule, if you say, hey, do you want a slice of cake? The answer is going to be no, for me. Which that... I do not agree with. I know. That, and that that surprised me. Um, like, and I just want to speak to this. If you're English, it would be called sponge. sponge. If you're British, uh, if you're American, it's called cake. Um, let them eat cake, seriously. Like just the cake, meaning a normal cake. Like you go get a box mix and make a chocolate cake or a vanilla cake. That cake. Yeah. Just a normal cake with a normal crumb. So there's two elements. There's cake and there's frosting. I don't care about the cake. For for real, I just don't care about the cake. That's wild. To me, the cake is the vehicle to get the frosting in my mouth okay. or the topping or the whatever. Do you know what I mean? So now, what I think you're talking about is that that probably shades a little more to the dry side of cake, which we've all had, mm-hmm. where we're thinking, okay, we're going to continue to eat this because it's sugar and we're all addicted to it, but we're not going to enjoy it as much as, as if it was more of a moist cake. So let me give you an idea of some kind of cakes that I would probably say yes to if offered. Go for it. German chocolate cake. Okay. Okay. It's, you know the difference? Oh, yeah. Okay. Uh, I've watched enough GBBO. I know German chocolate cake. Because texture is huge for me. You like to break up the monotony of the softness. It's, it's too much soft is bad for me. And it's walnuts that are in there, right? Yeah. I think it's walnuts and coconut. Yeah. And, yeah. and two different, usually chocolates, kind of a light chocolate and yeah. a dark chocolate. Um I did tell you last night I could eat if it were really good because if vanilla is really good, like meaning really, truly good vanilla, I can go for it all day long. Like a white cake that really tasted like vanilla with a good buttercream white frosting and like a toasted coconut all over it, I could do that all day. You don't want it to say vanilla and just taste white. And everybody knows what I mean when I say it just tastes white. White is not a taste, and that's why. The other thing is, like, I can't get behind white chocolate. I don't even get it. I don't know what it is. I love it. I don't know why you would bite it. Some people call me white chocolate. (laughs) It's like... Gotta live up to my nomenclature. (laughs) White chocolate throw them bars, right? Okay. White chocolate throwing bars. That might be a real rapper that you can find on SoundCloud today. So, anyway, so white chocolate, I don't get that either. Um, But the pie kind of ends up the same way. Like all of those, what I'm going to call chiffonish pudding type pies, airy pies. Wait, I don't, what are you talking, airy pies? You know, like either the base is like pudding-like yeah, or the base is chiffonish, you know, which is really whipped up. You know what chiffon pie is? Uh, like whipped cream? Kind of like that, but with flavoring and stuff okay. in it. Okay. So those pies are a big they don't matter to me at all. And it really wouldn't matter. The flavor could be stupendous and I wouldn't care. It's just too much soft for me. Got okay. It. Now there is a pie and I think Tom Douglas's restaurants in Seattle. Yeah. It is a, if I remember right, this is what I think it is. I think it's a banana cream pie. Sure is. It is the best crust on the planet. And it's small. It's not like a big pie. It's a personal pie. Yeah, it is so good. And it has, um, of course, great pudding with great flavor and for the filling, and then unbelievable whipped cream, and I think some toasted shredded coconut on top. Yes. It is heaven. Now, I'll say this. I like banana-flavored things, but everybody knows 
there are two types of banana flavor. There's the real banana flavor where you thoroughly enjoy it. And then there's the total artificial banana flavor, which makes it worse because you can taste the chemicals. This Tom Douglas pie tastes honestly like your grandmother made it and then just handed it over to Tom Douglas to sell. It's unbelievable. It's so good. So that I could eat all day long. The other pie, which you and I both laughed about, like you kind of declared that you're not a fruit pie guy, generally speaking. I don't like baked fruits as a dessert, as a rule. It's not my thing. I will will eat fruit with the best of them, but if you feel the need to bake it, (laughs) it weirds me out. I just have never understood it. So- this this is hardly fruit, what I'm going to say, but the thing that we both said we would eat yeah. is the canned cherry pie mix. True. Now, here's the thing. I'm not eating like a traditional advertisement slice of that pie. That thing is literal diabetic coma, even right. if you don't have diabetes. That right. will send you into a diabetic right. coma. But I can muster enough glucose and desire to eat a sliver of that. And I I probably only ever had it five times in my life. So here's where it goes for me. A beautiful flaky crust. Of course. The cherry pie filling. And then like a lattice crust on the top Mm -hmm. that is just a titch crispy with little sugar crystals on it. totally. And then a scoop of vanilla ice cream on the side. And that's the same way I feel about apple pie. Not a huge apple pie guy. I have a, I'm actually allergic to stone fruits and consequently apples. It's a weird thing. But I will eat baked apples, even though I just said I won't be, eat baked fruit. But I will eat the baked apple pie, assuming that crust is exactly what you said. Flaky, buttery, rich, holds together. Because then I view the apples as a vessel for, <laughs> for the, the crust. Exactly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I get that. So um, cake, if, if for cakes that I really would get excited about, it needs to be almost like a flourless chocolate cake, something really dense, yeah. something more in a tart pan kind of cake than a cake kind of cake. Like, you know, 14 layers of cake don't do it for me normally. I need texture, so I need nuts or crunch or something in there, you know, to make me happy. Um, I think we both, I did say this, we all have, and so you can picture whatever you like. Everybody has their perfect brownie, right? Oh yeah. For some people it's the edges, for some people it's the middle, for some people it's chewy, for some people it's cake-like, but whatever your favorite brownie is, a warm brownie with a scoop of vanilla ice cream on top and maybe a little, I don't know, it could be chocolate or caramel, a little something, something with a little a whipped cream. I'm telling you, that's good all day long. You're talking about those pizookies or whatever that like that's BJ's or something yeah. else. I mean, yeah. they come in that skillet. They're enough for three people, even though I could kill one by myself. They put the big dollop of vanilla ice cream on top and a chocolate or a caramel drizzle. That to me, that's what we both kind of settled on. We are comfortable eating that as a dessert and we are comfortable eating creme brulee as a dessert because we're fancy. Well, we are fancy. I mean, let does that even need to be said? Let the record show yeah, this is are. the fanciest podcast on the interwebs. However, the creme brulee satisfies everything because the creme brulee, even though it's sugar, has a savory component to it in the custardy piece a little bit. Sure. So there's that opposite taste. You have to break through that little crust of sugar, which is a texture thing. Here are my two questions about creme brulee. Yes. How thick do you want that sugar shell mm-hmm. on top of it? And do you like your custard to be cold 
or warm underneath? Okay. I, well, I want it. I don't want it to be too thin. Too thin will bother me. I, the sugar crust too I thin. need to exert a small amount of effort mm-hmm. to break mm-hmm. it. Meaning if I just if I just lightly tap it and the thing shatters, I'm not excited. No. If I lightly tap it, I'm like, ooh, I gotta use my strength that I just helped out at the gym with. That's that I yeah. want a little resistance. I want it, I want it to be like a centimeter of thickness. I want to, I want the risk of cutting my mouth when I put it in. A shard of a shard of sugar might cut the inside of my mouth or my tongue. I just want, yeah, a thin little thing won't do it. Now, as far as the temperature, I think for me, the perfect temperature is going to be room temperature. Agreed. Because if it's too cold, I find that annoying. The, it's, I mean, it hits your palate. Do you know like, why you find it annoying? This is why. Because you owned a restaurant. I worked at a restaurant that our family owned. And you know that ramekin is sitting in the fridge. They pull it out. They pour sugar on it. They take the torch. They do their deal. Creme brulee it. Yeah. And then they just hand it out. It takes a total of, I don't know, two minutes. And I don't like knowing that my dessert that I think creme brulee is pretty hard to make. I don't like knowing that the final elements of my dessert took them less than two minutes to do so. I mean, well, and also too, I do think there is that thing because it's technically a custard, Mm -hmm. right? Like, should it be icebox cold? You lose some of the flavor when it's like that. And then there should just be a little baby somewhere. And I'm talking about freshly whipped cream, just a little bit over on the side or on the top where I can just- With a mint leaf and a fresh raspberry. Thank you. That makes it perfect. Yeah. What kind of flavors of creme brulee have you had? And we can- and the dessert conversation after this, but I, I mean, obviously the traditional vanilla is really mm-hmm. good, but I've also had a vanilla with a hint of lavender. I've had, um, I've had vanilla with, I want to say like an alcohol component, something oh, like, like that. a bourbon whiskey or thing like a for sure. Yeah. Or something like that. Yeah. Um, I also I, had a blood orange one once. I had a blackberry one. Oh, once. that's yeah. good. Yep. Yep. But I kind of, I mean, if I were, if there were a bunch of different flavors, I probably would lean into traditional most often. Uh, I think that's fair. And I will say this. Creme brulee, though, um, more common now, is still not a common dessert. So if I find myself needing a little sweetness, I will traditionally, because A, it's gluten-free, but B, because I'm addicted to sugar, will will more than likely order that. Yeah, it's good. It is very good. good. All of that being said, that was the question that spurred on more questions that I will now ask you as we continue on with this episode, which is... Knowing what we know about life and that superheroes may or may not exist, what's the closest thing to real magic you think exists in the world? Somebody who has a superpower, something that happens regularly, what is the closest thing to magic you think happens? I have two answers for you. I'll buy you time. You go. I think fireflies are magic. Okay, yeah, I can get behind that. We don't have fireflies out here. It's just not something that exists in a dry, arid, elevated climate. The first time I saw fireflies was at my friend John Beebe's wedding, and I think I've talked about this, and everybody there grew up with fireflies, so they didn't care. They viewed fireflies the same way we viewed elder bugs, right? They were just whatever, and they would kill them, and they'd put them in bottles, and I thought, you are destroying miracles, these things that just light up. Mm -hmm. I think that, to me, is literal magic. And somebody could explain it to me and I would still say this bug emits light from itself. That's freaking magic. The other thing, people who can sleep anywhere, people who have the ability to sleep anywhere at any point in time, regardless of circumstance, 
That is a superpower. I need every right condition so that my weak genetics can get a full eight hours. <laughs> and other people are like, oh, is that the floor? Awesome. I'm out. You think that's magical? Mag- I, you're going to put the word magic. I am beyond envious of those people. And if all of a sudden in 10 years, because we've lived through another pandemic, all of a sudden spaceships start landing and people start gaining superpowers. And we find out that that was the first hint that human beings could sleep wherever. That was the first nod towards magic existing and superpowers existing. I would say, I totally believe it. Well, along with the sleeping thing, there's something that I think is always magical. Now, this is not a child. This has to be a grown up, a grown ass person. Okay. GAP, the gap. A, the grown ass person that can curl up in a regular coach airplane seat and go to sleep. But that's what I'm saying. That's that that is just an iteration of what I said because I can't do it. I cannot sleep on an airplane. Physically impossible. My body needs to be in the exact right situation. I need the exact right light. I need the exact right white noise. <laughs> I can't do it. People who are just like, all right, I'll see you in four hours. <laughs> when did Incredible. it become like that for you, Kev? Oh, no, because two or three. As, no, as a little kid, you could fall asleep like eating. I would say it probably had to do with me being a monstrous human being who thrashes in the middle of the night <laughs> to the likes of which he freaks himself out. Do you still freak yourself out sometimes? Sometimes. Yeah. Like, do you wake up? Your thrashing never wake you up? I'm I'm convinced that I don't wake up just because of like outside circumstances. I'm convinced I'm waking myself up because I'm constantly moving. Huh. That's Which weird. is not good. What's weird? You know when the first thing you said about magic, you know what it made me think about? What's that? Yellow jackets. Oh, you think they're magic? I don't know if they're magic, but there's some supernatural power there. Not yellow jackets the bee. The mo- the show we're watching. Okay, Deb, this is called The Closest Thing to Real Magic. You just referenced a television show. So that's not really the foundation of this question, because I could be like, you know what else is magic? That magician over there. I paid money oh, to see that magician. Hmm, magic. What do I think is magic? I don't know if I think anything is magic. Nothing. There's not a childlike thing that still exists inside of you where you're like, I can't believe it. Like there's a piece of me that says airplanes getting off the ground is magic. Well, I, I still think that is magic for sure. I mean, don't you think like every time we go to lift off, you're like, eh, like you feel like you need to lift your feet up or hold your breath or do something to help the plane out? I mean, I will never be the person who does does this, but I understand when people clap once we land because you just took 200 people, yeah. did the thing that we're not yeah. supposed to do, which is fly, and you yeah. safely got us from point A to point B in this huge metal death tube. I think sometimes, sometimes I think when I'm driving, I'll just be driving down the street and I will have gone from one end of town to the other, yeah. which you know could be 20 minutes of driving of in Reno, okay? And have no recollection of it at all. Yeah. I mean, the actual driving, sure. right? And then I will think it is a miracle, maybe magic, that- You're alive? <laughs> that cars, just like that 10,000 cars haven't hit each other yeah. in the time that I've driven. Because the attention sometimes- or the lack of consciousness that I have, or where I don't know where I go. That, that, that existing in traffic and living to tell the story is magical. Which is why I know dad shouldn't drive back True. to our original subject. True. I can get behind that. Knowing, knowing that what we know about people, especially in 2022, that we occupy the same space as some 
absolute crazies. Yeah, it's amazing that we're all not dead. I'll tell you what's really magic. Okay, here we go. We got her. Here we here it is. Here's what's really magic. I think about the stuff we do to the human body. Like what? No, I mean like anything. First of all, the crazy stuff we put in it that we ingest. Okay, food. Food, but I mean some Creme brulee. Is crazy. Creme brulee is fine, but I mean some people don't even consume what is genuinely real food. I mean, you know, just so heavily, highly processed yeah. for years and years and years, right? And yet their body just keeps working. I look at dad and I go, all the chemo he's had, it's about as toxic as it gets. And yes, there are those out there that are saying, hey, it's supposed to kill the cancer. Yeah, but it kills a lot of other stuff too. And yet his body is still here working, functioning, doing what it's supposed to do. Well, there's a theory that if human beings actually lived forever, everybody's body would eventually heal itself like of anything physical that happened, meaning if you were a paraplegic, your body would eventually heal itself to where you could walk again, but you just don't have a thousand years to do that. Now, cancer is clearly an an outside entity growing inside of you, and nobody knows the cause of that, but like broken fingers, broken limbs, severed spines, if you gave the body the right conditions and a long enough time, it in and of itself would heal itself. And people believe that because- Broken bones get healed, you know, lacerations on skin get gets healed. So their belief is that if if we lived long enough, just the makeup of the body would be smart enough to be able to get you back to normal. But think about like alcoholics, drug addicts, people who have really, and I'm talking about ingested some knowingly crazy things and oh, sometimes yeah. they don't even know, right? And they've still managed to live through it. I mean, to me, that is a miracle because really what's meant to be in our body is, I think, like fruits and nuts and berries, right? I mean, True. let's be honest. What's the most useless talent you have? Me? Yeah. Well, I can say the state's in alphabetical order. I don't think that's useless, though. I value that talent. I can do the same thing as well. I know. And I got really mad the other day because on an Instagram, mm-hmm. that song was played. Okay. Someone played that song on an Instagram, and I thought, damn it. Now the whole world is going to know the song. I think the whole world kind of knows a variation know of the song. A variation so of your the song. talent isn't very cool if everybody knows it. But you know, if you're if you're at a party or in a room and nobody else knows that, it is cool to know the states in alphabetical order. Is it cool to flex on people that way? Hey guys, I know this is a really upscale cocktail <laughs> party, but who wants to hear all fifty states? Named in alphabetical order, record scratch, Kevin, they ask you to leave. There are people that can't even name all 50 states. I know. And sometimes they alpha- become president. But <laughs> I, what I'm saying is, is that a talent? Yes. No, memory's not a talent. <laughs> okay. What other talent do I have? You can I whistle <laughs> oh, I ear-piercingly can. loud. Okay. So this is really sad. I learned to whistle when I was little, little, yeah. little kid. And... Uh, there were two guys in the neighborhood, and the way they did it was they put their index finger and thumb together on the same hand, index yeah. finger and thumb, and just, I mean, could wail. I couldn't, I tried and tried and tried, could never do that. So then somebody said, use two fingers, like use your index fingers together, you know, and yeah. do it. I couldn't do that. So somehow along the way, I decided that it was four fingers. Well, yeah, but don't you take... I use my middle finger and my index finger. Oh, I thought you hands. took your pinky finger and the no, ring finger. No. Oh, okay. And I'm telling you, I can whistle louder than anybody to it this day. It is deafening. Yeah, yeah. Like that was, if 
So growing up, when I grew up, there was a ton of kids in the neighborhood and it would, oftentimes we would find each other at our different houses, right? If we were playing or we were playing far enough away, but we were outside, Deb would normally yell like, mm -hmm. hey, I mean, like it's 1950s, like Midwest America <laughs> or something like that for me to come in. If she knew I wasn't within earshot, she would whistle and I could hear that thing three blocks away and yeah. knew exactly what it was. Yeah. Knew exactly what it was. It's a very specific was. whistle yeah. too. Yeah. And that thing has stopped dogs from running yeah. out of our front yard. Yeah. That thing has stopped postmen mm -hmm. from driving away mm -hmm. before you've given yeah. them things. That, that, that it's so loud. It's so abrupt and shocking to everybody's system. It, it works every time regardless. I have done it several times in meetings that need to get started, you yeah. know, where there's like a hundred people or yeah, something. Yeah. You do that. I mean, people drop, yeah. <laughs> like people just drop, yeah. stop. And yeah. The alarm starts sounding. The alarm starts sounding. So I, and I know a lot of people can do this. I wish I could do the opposite of what I say I can do, but I can do really good crossed eyes. Oh, that's good. But Show me. Oh, I don't know that you can do really good cross eyes. Wait, 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 wait. Let me take my glasses off. I'll Hold be the on. judge of this. I'm the <laughs> singular judge of whether or not you crossing your eyes is a talent. <laughs> Let's see. I'm not going to be able to do it now. Hold How on. can you not do it? You either can do it or you can't do it. <laughs> because when I cross my eyes, really only one crosses and the other one stays the exact same, which is even funnier. <laughs> what I was <laughs> What I was going to say was, you know how people can kind of do yeah, that? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't do that, but wait. Deb, it looks like you're just bulging your eyes out at me. It looks like you have something to say in mixed company and want to get my oh, attention. Maybe I can't cross. I don't think you can cross your eyes, well, because you're I the, did used to be able how to. How can you even know that you could, though? When your eyes are crossed, you can't see yourself. No. Nope. Which eye, which one of my eyes goes in? Okay, do it. <laughs> which one is it? Right eye. <laughs> so my left eye stays straight and my right eye goes in. <laughs> so funny. Oh my God, you're killing so me. So that's not even my special talent that's okay. useless. But wait, can you do, what is the thing that people do with their hands? What do you mean? What is the Spock thing? Not everybody can do the Oh, Spock the Vulcan thing. death grip? Yeah, that's a thing. I well, Let's see. Oh, see, I don't think that's special because some people can do that. And when I do my thing, you're going to remember it. Did I do it? Kind of. Oh yeah, there you go. I got it. Um... And then uh, the curling of the tongue, that's a thing. Can you make the flower or just the two? I can only do the two. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I can only but do a lot of people two. can't do that. That's true. Um, can you go the other way? What do you mean? Fold it backwards? No, fold it. Like you're folding it. No. No, I can't, can't do that. Yeah. Here's here's my useless talent. Okay, go. You ready? <laughs> oh, yeah, that thing you do with your hands. I can clap with one so hand. Weird. I, my, my hand is big enough to where I can hit the pad of my thumb yeah. and clap. I know. I can give myself to... a round of applause. <laughs> Two hands. It really is. It's a thing. Yeah. And it's so cool. Yeah. And it serves no purpose whatsoever. I know. I know. Like, you know, um, I used to be able to, when I was young, I could put like my ankle behind my neck. I can't do, of course I can't do that now. <laughs> Why don't you try? <laughs> Why don't you try it real quick? You never okay, know. <laughs> I'm not going to try. Uh, but I mean, little kid things. But you know, kids like they're totally double jointed or whatever. Right. Well, um, girls especially. Girls especially. Um, but I don't have any like, gosh, super talents. Has, I feel your whistling is a great thing. You should have stopped at whistling. Then you tried to tell me that you're crossing your eyes was good and that was bad. Here's what I'm a little worried about right now. Okay. 
Have we lost everybody? No. I hope everybody right now is crossing their eyes, not while driving, trying to clap with one hand, Mm -hmm. and desperately trying to pierce ears by whistling. Okay, perfect. Because if you can do that, then our talents that are useless are even more useless. And I will tell you, it's a little embarrassing when you have to put four fingers in your mouth. See, I think it looks threatening. But when you do it and that big of a whistle comes out, it is like so cool. It's it's, it's totally loud. Um, what ridiculous thing has someone tricked you into doing or believing? Someone said something, someone did something. Oh, I can tell you something right now. Yes. Okay. I I have it written down here. If you don't, if you don't say what I have written down, I will tell what I have written down and it's about you. Uh, I was invited one day. This, This is when dad had, this is true. It sounds like a story I'm making up for use it in a sentence, but it's true. I was home one day, dad was, you know, not doing well. And I got a phone or I got a text from two of your friends that said, I think it was like on a Sunday afternoon that said, Hey, let's, uh, we're up at this one place at this bar in the middle of the afternoon, broad daylight, having a margarita. Why don't you join us? And, you know, I was like, oh, I don't know. And then they said, Hey, Kev is here. Kev is having a margarita with us. So I end up going up there to have a margarita in the middle of the day. Little do I know the three of you, well, those two, especially. N- not me. I had one margarita. Okay. Those two were wrecked. Okay? They had been drinking for many hours. Now they were funny as hell. I'm yep. not going to lie. They're the okay? best. We made an agreement to go to Austin, Texas. But nobody tricked you into that. Wait a minute. We made an agreement. They made plane reservations at the table. You made a plane reservation for you and I. You said to me, I did. I'll make your plane reservation. You get the Airbnb. I said, I'll get the Airbnb for the four of us. Okay. So then I was looking at different Airbnbs and I said, I'll do this, you know, tomorrow or whatever. Did she ever, by the way, did she ever do that tomorrow or whatever? No. Wait a minute. What ended up happening was Jill in Austin, Texas, because we also texted her and said, we're coming and this is the week we're coming and blah, 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 blah. She eventually texts me and this is a couple of weeks before we're supposed to go. And she says, so I have a feeling you're not coming. I said, oh, no, we're coming. We're absolutely coming. Everybody's coming. And she goes, oh, I just felt like you probably weren't. I said, no, keep the weekend open. She goes, well, I've made reservations at a number of cool restaurants. I said, perfect, we'll be there. So then I said to you, Jill thinks we're not coming. And you look at me and you go, uh, we're not coming. We all canceled our plane reservations the next day. The very next day. No one told me. That's not really tricking you into Wait, anything. What do you mean it's not that was tricking having, me? That was having concrete plans fueled by alcohol that during the sobriety of the next day, everybody realized not only was it not the best thing to plan trips while drunk, Everybody had conflict. People said, I don't even know why I picked that week. I'm like out of town that week. nobody told me. But that's not tricking you. What is it? We didn't like bring you to drinks and be like, watch me snow my mom with all (laughs) of it by telling her we're going to Austin. Okay. Well, I mean, that was kind of a trick. Here's the trick that I played on you. Okay. We're in Seattle and we're driving. Yeah. And we're in West Seattle. And I'm in the back seat. You and dad are in the front seat. Dad's driving. And we pull by this shop and I go, oh, this is great. I look up and I say, Deb, look, that sign. It says zebra. It's Debra with a Z. we weren't with daddy. Do you know who we were with? Who? Jill and her mother. No, we yes, were. Yes, we were at Jill. Will Jill will in call Seattle? You. Remember when you and Jill we took a we took a mother daughter trip and you came? Yeah, story and, of my life. And it, that's when that happened. Zebra. 
And I say, look, it says zebra. It's Deborah, but with the Z, like Debbie Z, but backwards, zebra. And you're like, oh my God, it says zebra. It's zebra. This is amazing. I was super excited. Like we should pull over and take a picture. It was going to be my handle on yeah. everything. And I was like, it might also say zebra. <laughs> that was mean. Because as soon as you said zebra. All you could see was all zebra. All I could see was zebra. Yeah. That's all I could see. Zebra never even occurred to right. me. Yeah. It was going to be, you know, zebra 14 from now on was yeah. going to be my handle. And little did I know. Not the case. Um, I'm trying to think of what, what how I was tricked. Um I don't think we've ever tricked you. We tricked you into eating coconut shrimp when you were a child. That's literally the answer I had in my head. And I don't know if we talked about it on this podcast. We were at, was it Famous Murphy's? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We were at Famous Murphy's and I was, I don't know, seven. Yeah. Adamant that I don't eat seafood. Yeah. Do do I even know what seafood is? No. Do do I even know what seafood tastes like? Absolutely not. But I don't eat it. And I'm telling you that because I'm seven. I don't eat it. Yeah. So you guys know that I like chicken fingers. And you order, which I'm sure on the sly, you order these coconut chicken fingers, right? Well, it's, there's no such thing as coconut chicken fingers. It's coconut shrimp. Yep. You order coconut shrimp. And the big tell should have been the freaking tails on the, sh- on on the, the shrimp. shrimp. Yeah. But, you know, no, it's chicken, I don't know, talons or whatever. <laughs> I proceed. The little feet of the chicken. Yeah, yeah. Which somehow was cool in my brain. I proceed to just demolish these Oh my things. God. You went through those and asked for another plate. I wanted them for my entree as well. Yeah. And so we ordered more of them and I ate, I was eating them. And then halfway through, mom had like a crisis of conscience or somebody did and was like, uh, just so you know, you're not eating chicken. And I said, well, what am I possibly eating? Well, chicken tastes like chicken. You said, you're eating shrimp, which is seafood. And I proceeded to not eat the remainder of my meal. It was, you, and you were angry at us for a really you're long liars. time. liars. Okay, that's You ruined it. my childhood. So you were like, you lied. You lied. Mm-hmm. I mean, we said, no, we tricked you. Yeah. No, and you go, no, you Apparently lied. Apparently I was the only Xena with moral fiber. <laughs> and I said, Kev. You liked them. Did you like them? And to you, that wasn't the point. No, it wasn't. (laughs) That's not the point. We can talk about what I like or dislike after we address you and father lying to your sweet little angel baby face, Kevin. I mean, for years that went on. Yeah. That if I mentioned the coconut shrimp, you were like, you lied. And I'm like, Kev. You liked them. No, 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 no. That's sure. not the issue. But you've ruined the, it tastes bitter yeah, in my mouth now. Yeah. I can taste yeah. the lies he that exist. He still loves coconut shrimp. I mean, way. not yeah. really because it has gluten on it, but I would eat gluten-free coconut shrimp. Believe that. Um, oh, here's a good one. What website or app that doesn't exist, but do you wish did exist? Mm-hmm. So some feature, some function. We know apps don't have to be like, Worldly, they can literally fulfill one singular purpose. Okay, so this is a thing I thought of years ago. Somebody will invent it. But, you know, it would require that everybody use the same kind of programming. But if you've ever been to a doctor or a dentist or anything like that, there's just pages and pages of stuff to fill out, Mm -hmm. right, about yourself. I've always thought that there should be like um, a QR code or, you know, I remember the first time I thought of this is when um, flash drives, flash sticks first came out and everybody should carry around their own flash stick. And all you do is stick it in somewhere or that QR code, you just hand it to somebody and it downloads all of your current information like, like that. I don't ever have to fill out anything again, print it out, hand it to me and I'll sign it. That to me 
when someone hands me that damn clipboard, do you know what I mean? And it's four pages long. And I, and half the time I, I lie on it. I don't even know what's real. I mean, I just, you know, no. I don't know that I live here anymore. I don't know. That I don't know. <laughs> this is my phone know. number. That's been do the same I have a number. Husband? No, do I have a job? No, yeah. there's no one for an emergency contact. I mean, it's just like not applicable, not applicable, not applicable. I think that's fair because all of that is still done with pen and paper in a it world is. that is paperless. And it is just all the basic information that the internet has on us that is frustrating to have to fill out because your brain says, how have we not made this leap yet? And how have we not, like, I can go, why can't I take all of my own, whether it be health information or anything else, demographic, just load it in my own time. If, If I move, I go in and change the address, right? But then, like, my little QR code stays the same. And so I have a little card or something or something on my phone, obviously, and I just show my QR code and they... And it's done. I, I think that's a brilliant idea. Nobody can steal that. That's, that's TM Cat podcast. It's my idea. We get royalties off of yeah, that. We will. Sure. We are. We we are submitting this to who do you submit things to? I don't know. Patent, the, idea, the, the patent, patent office. People, that's the ours. People, don't yeah. touch it. It's ours. Um, my idea, similar to that, but different. Everybody has a social media presence, right? Right. You are on something, whether it be Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, Snapchat. TikTok, whatever. Everybody's on something. I want to develop an app. And by me wanting to do that, I mean, I'm never going to do it. But I want to develop an app that aggregates everybody's social media presence into one app. But it's geolocation based, meaning if you and I are by each other, and we both have this app, because we're within a certain footage, footage, feedage, meters, meters, area of one another. Because we're all around each other, yet we don't know it. But let's say it's 20 yards. Okay. I can pull up my app. I can see who's around me. Ah. And I can see all of your accounts. My accounts? Facebook, Instagram, Snapchat. So that- Why do you want to see my accounts? Because I want to, like, what what if I think you're an insanely talented artist- Who's painting? Ah. I want to get next to you, next to you, see if you have the app, pull up your account. Now I can follow you on everything. What if I think you're an attractive female? I want to be able to follow you on all of this stuff. I mean, you can set that stuff where that can go creepy, but you can set that stuff to private. Oh, okay. And you can't, it legitimately could only be my friends if I wanted it for sure. And you would have to put like a time threshold on it, meaning Mm -hmm. you can't show somebody's constant location. So you're just well, you know, following somebody though, if you just wanted to follow somebody, you could follow and somebody. And there should be some kind of thing like when I'm in my house or my car, it turns off. Or you can just, yeah, you, you can, you can, you can open it, you can close it, you can, you can set private permissions to it, you can do whatever you want to it for, for the sanctity of safety. But I just thought all of us have seen someone, seen somebody doing something awesome mm-hmm. and then never been able to find them on anything. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought that could help bridge the gap where if you just upload all of your account information, make yourself public to be seen. So you're making that choice. Right. Then other people, if they're in the same app can click on you, can follow you on all the stuff that they want to follow you on. And then you move on with your life. I like that. I, I like, that like that too. Idea. I know there is a bunch of potential downfall with that, of course. but let's be honest. The majority of us are public on most things anyways. And if somebody wanted to follow us and kill us, they don't need an app to do that. Hey, listen, in the old days, we used to just call each other and go, hey, oh my God, you're in Paris? I'm in Paris. Yeah. Let's find each other. Boring. So, Let me yeah. follow you on an app now. Exactly. All right. This might be the last question. And this is going to, you have to think about this one, okay? Okay. How could carousels 
be spiced up so that they are more exciting? How could carousels, the things that go round and round, okay. be jazzed up for 2022 so that they're a little more exciting for the people writing? Obviously, carousels at their fundamental basis yeah. spin around. Okay, so I've got it. And then sometimes you can ride the horses to go up and down and okay. up and down. Here's the thing about a carousel. Give it to me. It's a lazy day ride. Sure is. Okay. The laziest. So the thing is, people can hop off and on a carousel really easily, mm -hmm. right? And the up and down in the horse is so slow, like you could age in between. Sure. Okay. I mean, so here's what I think. I think, first of all, to know that we're really on a good carousel ride, yep. you've got to get on. There's got to be some kind of little mini wall around it. Okay. Because you can't step off this carousel ride. Once okay? you're on the carousel ride, there is no leaving. And then you got to strap in. Okay. That. Now, you know how there are the little booths on a carousel? Yeah. I'm going to call it a booth. Is that kind of what it's like? Like well, a little booth. Well, yeah, there's the areas you can like sit tandem, yeah. but most people ride the horses. Most people ride the horses. So here's how it's going to be. The booth thing is going to be on the outside edge. Yeah. Are you with me? Mm -hmm. I think it's like... First of all, I want to say that you've got to be strapped in because that thing is going to go oh, we're so whipping. fast. Let's exactly. say that a normal carousel goes five miles an hour. Yeah. How fast is yours going? Oh, like 50. Love I mean, it. it's going. Okay? Absolute okay. wind in your hair. Wind in your hair, holding on, screaming. Uh -huh. Okay. So you've got, not only are you strapped in, you've got the bar that comes down. Yep. All right. Now the horses, the horses are going round and round too. Now remember. 50 miles an hour. And they're on the center core. So that seems even worse. I yeah. mean, if that doesn't make you sick, I don't well, know Well, technically the further out is worse. The closer you are to the, yeah, yeah, the yeah, hub possibly. is better. But guess what the horses are going to do? The horses are going to go up and down and go on a little baby roller coaster thing at the same time. So we've got three movements. Love it. We've got up and down. Yeah. We've got whirl, whirl, whirl. Yeah. And we've got, they're going on this other little, you know, thing. Perfect. If you don't have a helmet on for the horse, yeah. you are at risk. I think that might be the right operator's job to <laughs> okay. give somebody a helmet. You don't bring your own helmet to the amusement park. I'm just saying, like, if it were going that fast, I think it has to be a little bigger than a normal carousel. You do whatever you want. But I think periodically somebody should go flying off the thing. I love where your head's at. And I think that we are off to a great start. Okay. But let me ask you this. Yeah. You know what's better than one carousel? Two. Two carousels. You know what's better than two carousels going in the same direction? What? Going in opposite directions. Oh my God. You know what's better than carousels going in opposite directions? What? Giving people foam jousting sticks. Is this a thing? No, but I just made this up. <laughs> so that now you're on your horse. Is this is a thing. No, it's not. You're on your horse. This is a great You're thing. strapped in. You have two carousels yeah. operating. Yeah opposite of yeah. one another. Yeah. And now you are constantly paired up with different people because the speeds undulate. So one side goes faster, one side goes slower and back and forth. So you are constantly jousting with other people all the time. Are we and it's, like, it's survival of the fittest. Are we just like whacking people with foam noodles? I'm assuming it's like a foam noodle with a handle that has right? a little bit more tension. Th that than has a foam like noodle? a soft ball okay. on the end. Okay. Everybody is absolutely wearing masks <laughs> or not. You signed the waiver or not. Because you could go flying off. Totally. Maybe you're wearing a chest protector or not. You signed the <laughs> Maybe waiver. Maybe the floor has mm -hmm. some cushion or not. 
And and I, why would limit it to jousting sticks? Maybe you get those foam maces. Maybe you get a morning star where you're whipping it around your head. Maybe you get like the guns and just shoot the nerf things at people. And you're and the thing is, you're never going to hit the same person because you're constantly undulating with speed. So you're not going to take it personal. But then if you want to take it personal, there's a pit off to the side after the carousels are over and you guys can just beat the hell out of each other for a couple minutes. No, but you know what would be great? Especially if you had the big Nerf guns, I mm-hmm. mean the serious one, or even think about the awful, um, the water guns that are powerful. Super soakers. Hurt, super yeah. soakers. Like you could actually hit people that weren't on the carousel. I mean, that would be fabulous. So what we're going to do is we're going to put you on a carousel and there's a sniper up in the <laughs> up in the, on the second floor just taking shots at people. Would that be great? Well, yeah. that might be a lot of people's fear at I a mall. I don't know. It could be fun. That's what I, I thought I love of. yours. Yeah. Just yeah, yours is good. Two carousels. Yeah. They look the exact same. Yeah. Horses go up and down. Yeah. But you've given people weapons. Yeah. I love that. They can't actually hurt each other. And if they want to fight each other more, meaning somebody's got really triggered during it, they pay an extra five bucks, which they'll they, happily pay. They go fight on the and side. They, well, they go into the ball pit and yeah. they just beat the hell out of each other. And then how funny is that to watch two people fight in the ball pit? I would like to see the grown man challenge a small child who kept peppering him. Here's what I want. If anyone starts to cry, they immediately get ejected. Like their seat ejects them. Got it. I mean, like literally they go flying through the air off of the carousel. The 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 the, the horse rears up. Exactly. Drops them backward. They're gone. And then they're pushed out. Yeah. And whether or not they hit the opposing carousel mm, and get matter. knocked unconscious, you signed the waiver. <laughs> signed you the waiver. signed In the fact, battle carousel waiver. We make you sign mm-hmm. before you actually get on. Patent that. Let's do it. Patent yours, patent mine, patent the the battle carousels. I think today between the apps Mm -hmm. and the carousel rides, we have a future. I'm going out on a limb. This will be the most financially productive podcast episode we've ever done. (laughs) We are going to be so rich off of our ideas because we've already submitted the patents. So nobody can try to take them from us. TM, Deb and KevPod, you can't take Deb's medical QR code thing. You can't take my... Um, location, proximity, social media could potentially kill you um, app, and you can't take my battle carousel app. I agree. I'm with you 100%. Kev, here's what I'm worried about right now. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I don't, okay. There is somebody out there uh-huh. that has hung with us through the whole podcast. Sure. Looking At least one person. <laughs> looking for something meaningful today. Uh-huh. And we haven't, I don't know if we've really given it to them. Um, well, I think we did a spin zone on how you can be a better leader, right? We just used Vishal. From okay, better.com as that. an excuse. Yep, yep, um, yep. I told people that they should go get COVID because they'll feel better about themselves. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know that I'm, you can't hold me to that because everything we say here is satire and you, we can't be taken serious. But if you want to feel better functioning in the current landscape of the world, get vaccinated, get boosted and get COVID. And then you- You are like triple double protected. You could be yeah. super man or super woman. We don't discriminate here. Um and then we debated the merits of desserts, which I think is going to help a lot of people decide what they want for dessert this evening. I think we've done a boatload of good today, <laughs> just a tantamount well, of good. And I do believe, and people can DM us, they can post, they can text, uh, should we should hashtag should daddy drive? No. Because none of you have the the perspective that we have. Because yeah. everyone's gonna be like, let's see what happens if we all vote yeah. yes. Yeah. And we and we somehow bring the listening audience in as a fourth member of this household yep. with equal voting yep. rights. Yep. 
That's going to be terrible. I'm willing to do If we're going to do that, then Nola and Izzy get to vote also. Well, Nola would vote. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Izzy, because she's a bit of a cat, might vote yes too, just to see what happens. Yeah, it could, that could be, that could actually be very bad. Very, very bad. Deb, if you feel that we need to give people a takeaway, just give them, just give them a Debism. What can they take away from today? (sighs) Well, you know, we're living in a pretty, pretty heavy time. Mm -hmm. Do you agree? Well, I can make the argument that our levity gave people a takeaway. That's where I was going to go, Kev. I was going to say, minds. you know, I mean, if COVID still feels like a heavy, wet blanket to people. Not me. And then if there are other things that are just going on in their lives, like if you've had COVID and you're really out of shape at the gym. Not me. Or if you haven't had good dessert for a while. Not me. Any number of things. Or if your family is trying to take away your driving privileges. That's dead. So if any of those things would add on to the big COVID shawl we're wearing that seems to getting heavier and heavier with time. You know, what we've tried to do is just through friendly banter that, by the way, is completely unscripted. There is no discussion of this before we sit down. And educational if you let it be. We have tried to help you. And I do think when you say to somebody, what is your favorite dessert? It deserves some real thoughts. Absolutely. Because, I mean, I could casually say, hey, I like cake. Turns out when I thought about it, I didn't really. No. Could could be like, oh, are you a pie girl or a cake girl? The answer for me is neither. You right. know, I'm an ice cream girl. Psych, I'm an ice cream gal. There you go. I C G. I C G. What was the code? What was the thing? Was it TFW? T- mm-hmm. uh, TFW? TFW. So our friend, your friend John Beebe, who by the way pays he does get the number one award for paying ridiculous attention to every single thing we say. Two shout outs on this podcast. And he Used the TFW correctly. Well, on he, a food post. he used it correctly, or he used it he for used you, it so you I felt better. It. Yes. Okay, so he used it incorrectly. <laughs> <laughs> he used it correctly and correctly, and so I think John Beebe has started the new vernacular for that. There you go. It started I mean, with him, right there. If you let this podcast, yeah, be educational. Or if you let this podcast be influential, be meaningful to you, mm-hmm. then that's up to you. We can give you things and you might not use them. Thus, it was not helpful. But if you feel like you want to be an entrepreneur and you want to buy the rights of Battle Carousel from me, I'll happily help you with that. Oh, that's a great idea. I mean, it's a it's a mid-six figures buy-in. Yeah. That's all it is. You know, uh, what's his name? I don't. I'm not familiar with what's his Michelle? name. Who? Uh, better.com. Oh, Vishal. Vishal. I think I've mispronounced his name 12 times. Vishal might be looking for a new opportunity. <laughs> I don't want that guy on my team. Dude, Battle Carousel will never fire anybody. We will just be happy to have the Carnies working for us. There you go. And because I said Carnies working for us, that's going to do it on this Thursday episode of the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like, rate, and review wherever you listen to this podcast. And if you're not, please do so. Follow us on all of our social accounts at Deb and Kev Pod. Mom, I love you today. I love you, baby. We will see you guys on Monday. Thank you for listening to the Deb and Kev podcast. Remember to like and subscribe wherever you listen to this podcast. Follow Deb and Kev on Facebook and on Instagram and Twitter at Deb and Kev Pod.